fresh dose of tech news and insight. This is the Early Burb Briefing. Smart assistants are holding us back. It is Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. This is the Early Burb Briefing. I'm Eagle Falcon. Today is actually our last day of our sponsorship with Factor 75. If you want to get 60% off your first meal plan box, head to the link in the description below. We've been talking about them for the past two weeks. If you want to take advantage of it, go for it. It is just below. All right. First off, we're going to talk about, well, actually, we'll talk about yesterday first. Um, we had some technical difficulties here with um, audio. I don't know what caused it. Just all of a sudden one day, all of the audio settings in OBS and pretty much any other software I use for audio just were lost. I don't know if it was a Windows update. I'm just going to, by default, assume Windows was responsible. But yeah, we weren't able to get a podcast out yesterday. I greatly apologize for that. I will try not to do it again. There's a number of people who actually speculated that, oh man, I he was talking about the other day. It's getting rough to find some stories. I'll be honest, yeah, it is, but I will still at least want to come up and come up with a single topic story, then just miss an episode if I can avoid it. Life is rough. Sometimes I have to miss an episode for this, that, or the other reason lately. It is what it is. And I just do what I can. The FCC is looking to crack down on voice providers that are not doing enough to block robocalls. Robocalls are actually a huge problem across the globe right now, especially robocalls that are feeding into scam networks. There are just tons of them. And well, a couple of voice providers are not holding up. One has actually just been cut off. This is from provider Global UC. They just had their, as far as I'm able to tell from what's, what's I'm seeing in the articles, they have been cut off from their license to operate in the United States issued by the FCC. It's kind of a big deal, not gonna lie. And this is really starting to actually take a serious step forward in combating this epidemic on our phones, at least. And I, for one, say good, absolutely good. I know I get it worse than most other people, mostly just because my actual cell phone number has been listed as a public number for a while because I've been associated with now two different companies. So it's why I get so many more, but I get, I'm not even exaggerating. I get 30 robocalls a day. And the worst part is I have to answer every single one because there are legitimate businesses that do trip the scam likely sensor that T-Mobile has on their system. And it is unfortunate that that's the case, but it is what it is. Kind of like over in the U EU, they are looking into other sketchy operations like TikTok. The EU has confirmed that there are multiple ongoing investigations regarding TikTok and their data practices. This should actually not be too much of a surprise, but the fact that um, TikTok's an enigma, mostly because, well, the company doesn't advertise much. But they can't just continue to operate like this. There has to be some way they are making their funds. There has to be some way they turn a profit. Otherwise, they are just, well, they're never going to survive. But they're surviving very, very well. And it's one thing to see various arms of the U.S. government looking into them. Because 
you know, you have different heads from different administrations kind of going, oh man, it's going to make my interest to get at them because to see far, 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 far more other people saying it's time to start looking into them and to see the entire European Commission looking at them, mostly because they're looking to see if TikTok meets the GDPR. This will be very, very interesting to see if, in fact, the EU or the if TikTok is actually compliant or not. Twitter is apparently done with job cuts and is hiring now. This should be a surprise to literally no one. This all started with, um, do I have to say what it all started with? When Elon bought Twitter, there was a number of people who resigned. And then he went to director heads, got a list of people who the director heads of the various departments within Twitter said were slacking, terminated them, which ended up being about half, terminated a bunch of contractor workers, and then went and gave an ultimatum to the, an ultimatum, an ultimatum to the rest that if they're not willing to work, quote, extremely hardcore, that they should leave. So Twitter's done a massive purging of their workforce solely to cut the fat. I guarantee you there's been a lot of fat and bad apples within Twitter. And by fat, I mean a lot of employees that are just not as productive, that are just there to collect a paycheck and are not, they're really more of a burden to the company than they are helpful. That being said, though, I do have a feeling that the amount of fires at Twitter were just way too much. I'm willing to bet you got rid of a ton of talented people along with the malcontents, the unproductive, the just barely hanging on and just kind of collecting a paycheck to play solitaire at a computer or whatever. I said it before and I'll say it again. The fact that numbers were saying that roughly only 17% of the staff remained. We don't have a confirmation of that yet, but that is still a staggering number. And I do think the fact that Twitter is apparently now hiring again is a pretty big sign. The fact that they got rid of too many people. But the fact they're willing to go ahead and bring in more people is a sign that maybe, just maybe, some recovery can happen to Twitter. Because right now the public image of Twitter is not good. Tons of people are jumping ship. I know quite a few streamers are just like, well, I'm done with Twitter. I'm moving over to this new platform. Also, can I just say about like the logic people had when trying to jump Twitter is dumb. Not the bailing Twitter part. I get why they did that. But the platforms they decided to move to first was Mastodon and everyone tried to move to Mastodon. You want to know why no one moved to Mastodon? Because no one could figure out how to join Mastodon. Because when you tell people on Twitter, hey, we need to go to Mastodon, that's going to be our new Twitter. The layout of Mastodon, you know what it was? It was a Reddit competitor and not a very good one at that. Like it was so confusing. I didn't even bother joining. It's like, why? You actually need to have different accounts for each and every single section. It's just like, I'm not doing that. That's silly. The new one that everyone's looking at is Hive Social. That's where a lot of people are jumping to. I'll just say this. I went ahead and did make an account on Hive Social. Do I plan on bailing on Twitter? No. You want to know why? Because I'm a content creator. This means two things. One, I need to be as omnipresent as possible on all kinds of social media to get my name out there, period. Oh, but you just go ahead and you live stream on Twitch. Yeah, fine. I need to go ahead and get my videos and my clips out on YouTube. I like to get them on Twitter too. Still working on that sort of thing. Life's been hectic. But you know, I'm going to do the same thing on Instagram. I'm going to do the same thing on Hive. I'm going to be doing the same thing on all of them, on TikTok even. 
The other reason, it's the same reason why I have an account on uh, Rumble. It's the same reason I have an account on, what was another really sketchy one? That were just like, oh no, it's going to be all free speech. It's not going to have any specific focus at all. But then it just turned out to be um, hard right political. I can't remember off the top of my head. God, I'm really blanking on it now. Parlor. That was the one. I have an account on Parlor. Do I use it much anymore? Not really, no. The platform was just not great. My thoughts on Hive, though. They have a long way to go before they are truly competitive with Twitter. I'll say that much right off the bat. The system is cluggy. It is not nice and buttery smooth yet. But probably the biggest offense, honestly, if Hive wants to go ahead and try to be as big as Twitter, or at least like close, rather than just ride the wave of Elon setting fire to Twitter, they need a web version. They went mobile app first, and I think that was a bad decision. This rule applies to pretty much every single kind of platform out there. You need to be web-based first. You need to be a web app. And I don't care if you're like, oh, we're web 3.0, that's the way we're going. No, you're stupid. You need to be a web app first. Just because a web app guarantees you can be on desktops, you can be on tablets, you can be on laptops, you can be on phones, you can be on anything with a web browser. That is your first step. And the fact that Hive went to Android and iOS first and just made direct apps, I think that's a poor decision. I do hope for their sake, they do rectify this problem ASAP. Because if they expect content creators like myself to go ahead and put a ton of unique content out there, I need to go ahead and have a good pipeline of getting my edited good content from my computer, from my server, onto theirs. And it's going to be a while before they have like the cool integrations with, um, what's the multi-app thing I use? Planable. It's going to be a while before they have integrations with platforms like Planable. It's going to be a while before they have a whole lot of the features that Twitter has. Web app must come first. Because one of two things will either happen with, with Twitter. It will either have so many problems functioning that everyone will leave and it'll be a dead platform or it might just shut down or it will recover, continue to move on, and then people will move back to Twitter from Hive. So that's my whole thing on it. All right, let's get to the main story. Alexa. I'm trying to think how to now end the comment. Uh, cancel. Because <laughs> I accidentally used... All right. The smart speakers that Amazon has, the ecosystem. We saw a massive layoff from kind of that whole division, but not just the echo speakers. Why is that? Well, according to sources, the actual Alexa assistant, I'm sorry, I said it again. This is what I get for recording these late at night. The actual Echo assistant is losing a ton of money, just a boatload of it. And it looks like the entire development section of it is just going to get heavily cut. Now, is it really surprising? Because I want you to think about this model for a second. The Echo speakers are not very expensive. When they're on sale, they are dirt cheap. In fact, right now they're doing their pre-Black Friday sales. You can go ahead and pick up an Echo Dot. That is the small version for 25 bucks. Heck, if you want to go even cheaper and just go for a third gen version, the last puck before it became a ball, $15. 
It's insane. The actual speakers themselves are just cheap. Well, if you want to go up to a higher end model, you can go ahead and grab the Echo Show 5. I actually love the Echo Show 5. It's just like a little alarm clock that's nice, smart, intelligent. You can go ahead and be a very sophisticated alarm clock, which is what mine is, and also have decent control over a whole lot. 35 bucks. That's it. Higher end versions, the Show 15. It's the one I actually have in my living room as a central hub for me and my roommate to communicate and pass notes off to each other and let each other know what's going on. 170 down from 250 But let's get back to that whole price thing. Their normal prices are way higher. Like I said, Show 15, 250 bucks. That Echo Show 5 that I like, that $35 freaking smart alarm clock, normally $85. Speakers? Oh, let's go back to them real quick. The actual speakers themselves. The Echo Dot from the last gen Echo Dot, 40 bucks. Current gen one, $50. They are blowing the hardware out the door. And it's almost become a trend to do it because they feel that these could be a gateway into getting people to spend more money on Amazon goods. That's the thought process. That's always been the thought process. Get a smart assistant, make it stupid easy to buy various this and that's. There's various little apps in there that are terrible that you can spend additional money on. Lord knows, Akinator, every time I fire it up for the stream, ends up asking me if I want to spend five bucks to uh, update with a new package, even though it barely hears my commands correctly. They sell these this hardware at a loss to make the money up later. Except the research to keep developing the assistant is now hurting them so much that it's making a loss. Alexa is not profitable. Sorry, I did it again. And quite frankly, as surprised as this is, it shouldn't be. We just heard about Google cutting their staff for their Google Assistant, the king of data mining, which is where the, which is where the voice assistant really shines, couldn't make a go of making the voice activated assistant profitable. The company that specializes in gathering info and selling ads to you couldn't make the always listening speaker an assistant be profitable. You want to know why you haven't heard about Siri not doing any of that? It's very simple. I don't think Apple ever put a serious effort behind Siri. Not to the same degree that Google and Amazon put to theirs. They had a small team working on it. They kept it small the entire way through. And that's always why they were third. And as it turns out, that actually might have been the correct answer this whole time. This will be interesting. As the next year comes, will we see these Echo smart home devices become less and less popular as they begin to shift to just doing other devices? Will we start seeing the Amazon events shift more towards over the ring division than we would anything else? It's a good question. And I don't know the answer yet. It will be something, however, that we keep a very close eye on. As far as the rest of the week goes, I'll just say this much, all right? I am not going to have a normal episode tomorrow. There will be an episode tomorrow that will just be no, no ads or anything like that. But it will just be a heartfelt message from my family to yours. I'm not sure yet if there's going to be a Black Friday episode. It's going to depend on how much news I can scrounge up on 
Wednesday and Thursday to go ahead and try to make an early bird briefing episode. I'm going to try. I'm going to try and have it not be focused on Black Friday deals. That's going to do it for me. Stay safe and stay healthy.